how you going? Thank you so much for tuning on in. Lovely to meet you. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs. I am an ambassador for Endometriosis Australia and host this podcast for them. It's called Living with Endo, the A to Z of Endometriosis. Wow. If I had a podcast that I could listen to when I first heard about endometriosis when I was 16 years old, it really would have been a blessing because I had absolutely no idea. We're learning all about this together and this podcast is about creating awareness. Lately, we've been catching up with some of our amazing Endo Australia ambassadors and champions. In this episode, she's from Queensland. Her name is Laura Furiosi. She has had over 15 surgeries. She runs her own successful business, also has a podcast as well. And she's got three beautiful daughters and looking at their futures where they too could be like mum battling endometriosis. This is a really interesting chat. You're going to take away so much from it. So please enjoy this episode of Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. Hey, Laura. Hi, Ellie. How are you? Good. Jeez, you're busy as I read through everything you've achieved. <laughs> yeah, I do like to stay busy. Thank you. You're like <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to. I'm trying to learn how to be a little bit more uh, self-caring with myself at the moment and, and take it a little bit slower because being busy isn't always necessarily something to be proud of, I guess. Especially when you are living with endometriosis. It's very important to have some self-care. That's true that. True that. So we're going to talk a little bit later on about your business coaching, which is Bossy mm-hmm. Mummy. Um, but you have got endometriosis, 15 surgeries. Is, is that uh, the yeah, latest th- tally? Uh, no, I think it actually is 17 now. Wow. But, yeah, it is a, it's a lot. It is a lot. I kind of have stopped counting since that one, I think. That is a huge, huge amount. I say it every time we catch up with one of the endo warriors that it really is a shame we don't get frequent flyers or velocity points <laughs> when we go to hospitals. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I, I think um, a, a couple of those surgeries were ones where the doctors just opened me up and didn't know what to do, so just closed me back up. So oh. I'm hoping that the next generation doesn't have to have that many um, and they find the right doctors at the beginning. You have got three daughters, and we'll touch on that a little bit mm. later on because you do want to make sure that in future, as do I, the women and uh, girls and those who identify gender diverse are able to mm. not live with this debilitating disease. When were you first introduced to endometriosis? Um, I was at uni and I collapsed and they thought I had appendicitis and they took me emergency hospital and yeah, they, I, they, I came out and they said, it wasn't your appendix, you have endometriosis. And I was just like, end of what? So that was, I think I was, I don't know, just first year uni. Yeah. Um, that's when I first learned about it and they didn't do anything. They just left it and gave me a pamphlet and that was it. Really? Surprise. Quite bizarre. This unknown disease, um, you've got it, and thanks for coming. Yeah, pretty much, yep. Um, And then nothing happened until I think I was halfway through uni and I just couldn't even, I just couldn't do anything. I was incapacitated in pain. So did you Um, have painful periods when you were a teenager? Yes, I did. But no one knew about endo back, like I'm 40. So back then um, I was at an all-girls school run by nuns and I would just go to the sick bay at lunchtime and lie on the bed 
with I would suspect a couple of other girls that probably had endo now I think about it we all had our periods and we just lie there and then we'd get up and go back to class um but I didn't know about endo back then and neither did my mom or my family so I was the first one anyone in my space that learned what endo was as you're, I got a bit older. You're a similar age to me and so many people share a similar story of going to school and, you know, the sex ed conversations from the teachers was, mm. um, you'll get a period, it'll be painful and uh, just put up with it kind of thing. Yeah. And and look, Ellie, I'm going to be completely honest with you. My 15-year-old mm. has really, really painful periods mm. and I am paranoid and I know we're talking about this later but I took her to a doctor who wasn't my normal doctor because I wanted her to have her own and the doctor said periods are painful darling you're just gonna have to deal and I nearly died inside <laughs> when she said that to her and I thought okay so I I know that it, we're 40 years old and these next generations coming through will hopefully have a better chance but it but um, uh, I don't know. I think we've got a lot of work to do before then. Wow. Well, my mum, uh, she had endo, so she was well and truly in tune with it when it came to me. So she would drag me along to oh, the GPs. Gosh. And it wasn't until we uh, eventually got the answers that we wanted and you kind of have to fight for it sometimes. It's ridiculous. Oh, I tell you, and I was in my 20s, so I'd had a couple of surgeries. They'd taken a, a fair bit out. Mm. But then in my 20s, I was a teacher and it happened again. I, I couldn't even walk and I was catching the train to teach at a Sydney school and I'd have to walk from the train station to the school. And by the time I got halfway there, I'd pass out or I'd pass out on the train. And it was so bad. Um, I had to fight, fight, fight for someone to listen to me. And I was like a 21-year-old girl that it wasn't being taken seriously um and and I had to fight for three years to get someone to listen mm. and then when the doctor finally did listen and he found, he, he he was the one that opened me up and went I found it by accident because it's called DIE deep infiltrating endometriosis yeah. which is a terrible acronym mm-hmm. um and it's hidden it's hidden underneath um so if you have a look inside apparently it all looks fine but it was pocket folds over in itself or something I don't know um and yeah he found it all and went I can't deal with this and he had to send me off to Professor Lamb in Sydney um who was an expert I think he still is and it was a massive surgery to get it all out and I had to fight for all of that all of that and then I was in my early 20s you know fighting these men that have lots of degrees and you know (laughs) saying no this really does hurt this isn't in my head Mm -hmm. and it was, it, it's hard. It really is hard to have anyone to believe you. Absolutely. Um, you feel so sure. small in those rooms where they just look at you and they just tell you, well, this yeah. is the way it is and that's how you're going to have to put up with it for the rest of your life. And you just think, no, this is this is not mm. what it should be. I should not be in so much pain. I know, I know. And then, you know, I think because um, the, the, the worst part for me was it happened again when it was higher up and no one believed me again. And I was like, no, this time I was older and I'd been on this rodeo and I knew to trust what my body was telling me. And my body was saying there is something definitely wrong going on. Yeah. Um, and so I advocated a lot harder and I got the repairs I needed a lot quicker this time. Good. But um, it is so important for anyone out there that listens that if they are really struggling um, with their pain to go and get a second opinion, go get a third opinion, go and find a doctor that actually cares and listens and and look after yourself because quality of life is so important to all of us. Um, Absolutely. And you need to be able to live your life. 
So with the 17 surgeries, um, do you know where they found the endometriosis in your body? Because this always fascinates me. Pretty much everywhere. The first, the first I mean, uh, the ones that started actually looking, so, you know, ligaments. Yeah, and, the ones that um, knew what they were looking for. <laughs> yeah, pouch of Douglas, which I never knew was a thing until someone said it was in your pouch of Douglas. And, and Douglas has a pouch yeah. <laughs> inside me. I know, it's so bizarre <laughs> when you get told that one. What? <laughs> no. Um, and then just, you know, you know, all the normal places around there, but the, the second lot was higher up, so on the diaphragm and the liver, which... I didn't know was the thing. No. So in my my second round of it, I had trouble breathing. It hurt to breathe, and it's because my liver and diaphragm had stuck together um, with the endo. And so anytime I like, and I was very active. I, I was doing um, Muay Thai training, and got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore because the breathing hurt, and I just I just nearly it was so hard. It was so hard to cope with that. Absolutely. And then you know I had. I had to see other doctors that were in charge of that kind of area. And then I went, wait, this better not be endo. <laughs> and then I did some research on thoracic and looked around and spoke to some people online. And that's, yeah, that's how I kind of figured it out myself and then had to go find a doctor to believe me. And um, for a while I had one doctor who just had me on that needle that the hormone one, the, the marina, I think called. it is. Yeah, the, the where they give you that implantation, and you know, that kind of no, keeps everything going. Or no, 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 it's like a needle that you have once a month um, that suppresses your hormones. It puts you into synthetic menopause, um, which yeah, and that was uh, horrible and really, really bad. <laughs> but at least the pain went away. Um, yeah, how so old were you when you? You're there going through um, this uh, synthetic menopause, which doesn't sound very sexy. Uh, no, I was 30. Wow. Um, but I did have to go to do a trade show in Vegas and I was desperate to find a way to do it. And uh, he said, this will work, um, but you can't do it for more than six to nine months because of the, the side effects to your bones and things. So I took it as an option and, yeah, but then once that finished, it all came back, all the pain came back, so... Um, didn't really solve anything, just kind of delayed it. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, just I think I pretty much tried everything. You've got <laughs> the endo on your liver and your diaphragm and you would have to yeah. try and find a, a liver specialist to probably look into that as well. Um, yes. Were they able to do a laparoscopy or did they actually have to, you know, do a big surgery to manage that? Well, in the end I had a, lif a liver specialist there in the surgery with um, my endo specialist and they were there together and they were able to do they kind of flipped me on the table so I I don't, I don't know exactly how they did it but my head was down and my feet were up so that it pushed my something forward or I don't know and they just did the laparoscopy a little higher um, they were going to do the thoracic one where they go through your um, ribs but they didn't need to because they could access it, which was lucky. But, yeah, it was it's kind of like a laparoscopy but much higher up. I hope and, that people yeah. kind of get more of an understanding that endometriosis, it doesn't necessarily just below in your reproductive organs. The fact that it can, no. you can get up to your liver, to your diaphragm. Uh, I've got a friend who's got it on the heart. It's even been discovered mm. in the brain. It blows my mind to think that something in your body makes your body do that. <laughs> It's so bizarre. I know. It's, it is bizarre. And what's more bizarre is we have 
like when I was trying to figure out what the heck this was or how to cope with it, there's hardly any info out there. And I think I did a um, a magazine thing for a magazine and they and it was I did it like 10 years ago about it being up there. And I've had women up till this day emailing me, and that article was like 10 years old, uh, from all around the world saying, how did you fix it? I think I've got it. I can't find any information on it. So, so like it's just... It's like we're all in the wild, wild west in a way because no one really um, knows what to do or how to treat it and there's only very few doctors that, I, that I'm, you know, aware of that can help. So it's just such a big issue and I just think these poor, and that's why it terrifies me that my kids might go through it. It just terrifies me because, you know, you have to be really strong mm. um, mentally as well to oh, get yeah. yourself through these bits. Yeah, you've got three beautiful daughters. Was it hard for you to fall pregnant? Well, the the professor uh, who did my big surgery that took me ages to recover from, he said that I will never be able to have children. Um, But I was, I think I was 18 or 19 or 20 at the time. So I I didn't really think about it. Um, But then when I got married, no, for some reason, no, I got pregnant without any assistance um and then my specialist at the time said have as many babies as you can as quickly as possible because we don't think you could have babies so we I just had them really quickly in succession and I know I'm very lucky because I know a lot of women don't and I I had extensive surgery down there to the point where that they said you will not be able to have children but I am very lucky well you really have to have my girls proved that anything can happen when you are living with endometriosis and even if the doctor's saying no it's not possible you never know what's out there yeah nope no you don't you don't and that's I think that's the thing I don't think I mean I I respect doctors because they've got to do a lot of work and they deal with all sorts of unusual things but don't don't always take take everything they say with a grain of salt because as I've learned uh, actually I was able to have kids but yeah it's just everyone's so different and everybody's case is so different your 15 year old uh, she went to the GP recently because she's got the painful periods uh, which is mm. a, a high sign that she may have endo um, mm. have you had a conversation with her around what it is Yes. Yeah. She's very aware because every year, except for this year, um, I wear yellow for the whole month of March um, to raise to raise awareness and raise money for Endo Australia. So my girls the whole way through their lives have known about Endo. Um, that I don't think they fully understood it until they actually got their periods. Um, my eldest, uh, when she first got hers, she said, so do we just get this once? And I said, no, no, sweetheart, you get it every month for the rest of your life. And she went away and calculated how many days that would be if she died at 85 (laughs) (laughs) and just was outraged. (laughs) She was outraged. I can't remember what the number was. She goes, are you telling me I'm going to have my period for this many days for the rest of my life? But anyway. That is um, so adorable. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I <laughs> yeah. had a similar feeling of when I first had my period and I'm there crying to mum and it's like, I don't want to grow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a thing we all have to go through. But, yeah, so, yeah she's, she's, she's aware of it now. And the school um, that she goes to has had uh, guest speakers come and talk about endo, which is great, and they mention it when they do their, you know, sexual education things. Um so I think they were a little bit more equipped hmm. and she, 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 yeah, she's a bit worried to be honest herself. Yeah, I think. I bet. Um, and it's such an emotional yeah. time too. I we recently went to my old school, Marici College in Canberra, and I spoke about having endometriosis 
And yeah. a lot of girls afterwards came up and spoke to me and, and just were hugging me and, and in, in tears because they never have told any of their friends what they were going through because they were really afraid. And finally, mm. after hearing someone else talking about it, they felt that they could go and speak to their friends and let them know what's going on instead of being really shy. And, um, you know, one girl said she's been bullied because of it. And it, it just breaks my mm. heart. So I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful now that... Things are changing and that those conversations are starting early in schools. Yeah, I think that is a positive. That's yeah. definitely made a difference. And I think that I think I think those conversations should be happening as well in all boys' schools as well, so mm. that they're aware, you know, potentially if they ever grow up to be doctors or they have a wife who has endo, you know, they're also educated in it because I think it's it's I know everyone has uh, illnesses and diseases and things, but endo is it's it's pretty common in, in Australia and the world. It's kind of something that people should be aware of. And it shocks me a lot of the time when people don't know. Well, people know more about fibromyalgia than they do about endo, I think, sometimes. One in nine now have it, and I reckon that number is just going to increase over the of course in the future because more and more people are becoming aware of it, and they're, they're hopefully through all of the funding that the government has given as well with the endo national mm. plan that things start to change. Now, you also, amongst going through so much um, with your three daughters and going through endometriosis, the pain, the 17 surgeries, all of that stuff, but you also run your own coaching business called Bossy Mummy. And I really <laughs> like the, the the sound of this because you love to empower other people and especially educate women in all aspects of their life. Um, so you're helping people to achieve their dreams. Yeah, yeah. I, I look, I've, I've always been in the business world after teaching because I couldn't teach anymore because of endo. I, you know, I did my swimwear business and made that international, sold around the world. Um, and now I want to help other women feel that they can also achieve their dreams um, and put their minds to it no matter what obstacle you've got in your way. I mean, I have a lot of obstacles, um, but you can still achieve stuff. Uh, you just got to be smart about it and tailor how you achieve things to, to, to match what you can do per day, you know. So it's not about setting yourself up for failure if you find yourself in bed once a month, um, but, you know, or if you're in pain every morning, you know, you're just tailoring, your pro tailoring how you approach your goals mm. based on what it is that you think you can actually achieve. And um, I, I really am a huge advocate for anyone with any type of uh, chronic illness, mm. you know, that you can still achieve what you want to achieve. It just might take you a bit longer or you might have to do it in a different way. Um, I also do a podcast myself with my mum yeah. um, and that's something that I do now. Um, it's called the Divorce Course Podcast and Plug we it. do that. Plug away. It's chart-topping the Divorce Course Podcast, which um, yes. I really like the sound of this too because it's, um, you know, a potty which is helping women go through everything when it comes to going through a divorce and the legal navigation and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, because I went through my divorce and I had my mum who's a lawyer and a barrister and she knows everything. So I would always ask her, what does this mean? What does this mean? And mum would tell me. And then I thought, oh, my God, what are women doing and men doing when they don't have their mum to ask these questions? So we just started a podcast, which is something I can do with Endo um, because I can sit down and just do it over the phone or like we're doing now. Um, and mum answers my questions and I put it into plain speak and we just did it to 
be some sort of help in the world of that horrible space and it's just gone mental <laughs> it's it's really uh, and that's you know that's with because uh, I have other chronic illnesses on top of endo yeah. um but you can achieve these things uh you just have to work your way around and the beauty of technology these days for women who have endometriosis is you can do it in bed on your laptop mm. you can do teams meetings and zoom meetings you can have a podcast you don't you know no one needs to know what you look like when you're doing your podcast (laughs) if you're you know stuck in hospital or whatever so I think you know the technology that we've discovered and particularly since I uh, we've been doing all this lockdown stuff Mm. um the the, our ability to work is a lot easier I think now than it was in the past so that's a good positive as well I guess so it's about when you reach one of those obstacles for example you have a day where there is a flare-up um, you may feel yeah. blocked and like, okay, I'm, I can't get out of bed and, and you become extremely depressed and down and I'm just trying to think about how I feel when I go through these these really crappy days. Um, it's about focusing more so on, okay, well, how can I shift my plan for today so I'm able to get there? And it, it may not be, uh, mm. you know, me going into work or working, you know, in the office. It, it could just be as simple as me jumping on teams from my phone and acknowledging an email or doing something like that. Or, you know, it's just yeah, really about yeah. adjusting to make it work for you. Yeah. And my one tip to, to any ladies that are in that space where they're just like, oh, this is so hard, I can't achieve anything at the moment. Um, I When I'm really bad, I try, it, it, it kind of gives me something to lift myself, myself out of that darkness. I say, okay, do one thing today, just one thing that you can physically manage to get you one step closer to that dream goal that you've got. And just, and then I feel a little bit like I've accomplished something, Um, you know, so I always try and push myself to do at least one thing, whether it is, like I said, just answering one email or um, approaching somebody via an email, you know, anything like that. So just, it's, it's all about not getting stuck down in that darkness and staying there. I think it's, I think sometimes trying to achieve something a little bit pulls you out of it just a little bit. I love that. And also knowing that you're able to reach out to others as well and get that good support yeah. network around you. And your your three daughters are very lucky to have you as a mum and bring them through this crazy <laughs> universe. And uh, well, fingers crossed that they don't have to deal with endo. But if that does happen, at least they've got an experienced leader in yourself. <laughs> well, I'm, I just feel lucky that they've got Endo Australia, um, who's doing a lot of hard work to get that awareness for for the, the illness. And I think they will be much better off thanks to you guys. And um, and I think all of us, including this podcast, Ellie, is going to make a difference. Mm. And if we all try a little bit to share our our knowledge and, and try and raise some awareness, we will make a difference in the end. And it, hopefully everything will be better in the in the future. And Laura, not only are you an endo champion for us, but you're also one of our amazing volunteers. You spend your time as the Queensland coordinator for Endo Australia. So you put in a lot of um, time and effort to help raise money and spread the awareness and educate as well. And there are so many coordinators across Australia too, and so many volunteers who are involved in Endo Australia. Big shout out to everyone who is involved because it's you that helped make this happen. And, you know, great things do happen. Endo Australia, amongst all the other endo charities, and with some help of um, former member for Canberra, Gay Brotman, she was able to get the conversation into Parliament. And now we've got a national action plan for endometriosis and $58 million to help us with funding moving forward. So, mm. you know, it, it, it's all these energy putting into the right avenues and changing things for the future. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's great. 
Laura, you have really inspired me. I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And one more time, quickly plug, plug your podcast. What's your website? Go for it. <laughs> it's the Divorce Course Podcast um, that you can Google on Spotify or Apple. And it's also www.thedivorcecourse.com.au. Or if you need any business coaching to help you, it's uh, www.bossymummy.com.au. Laura Furiosi, I just think of it as the uh, rhymes with that, you know, Leviosi kind of Leviosa. It's a bit of fun. (laughs) Um, Laura Furiosi, thank you so much. Endo champion for Endometriosis Australia. This has been such an amazing episode. Oh, thanks, Ellie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much again, Laura, for your time. And this is what I'm loving the most about having conversations with people living with endo, our endo warriors, our champions and our ambassadors is I walk away from it feeling inspired and motivated knowing that there's so many others of us who are living with this disease every single day and we're achieving so, so many things. So if you're going through a really rough time, remember those things that Laura said. A lot to take away. And there's lots you can listen to as well and read about on the endometriosisaustralia.org website. That is the place you can donate to. Now, if you have enjoyed this Living With Endo podcast, if this is the first one you've actually listened to, there is a stack load you can go back to, including chats with professors, dietitians, you name it, we've got on the podcast. So go through the back catalogue, enjoy, and make sure that you leave a little cheeky review, give it stars, give it five, because by doing that, it actually lets other people know that there is a podcast out there talking about this debilitating disease that affects one in nine. Thank you so much for getting the conversation out there about endometriosis. You stay safe, keep well, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Bye.